So Michelle, we all know you have the best tips, but look, you can't possibly be everywhere to help everyone. That's where an authorized Disney vacation planner can be a lifesaver. And luckily for you, we just happen to know the best. That's Nate, of course, from Main Street and more travel. Oh yeah, Nate is the best. And with things changing at the parks, resorts, and of course the high seas all the time, it's so hard to keep up. Even for me. Well, that's not true. Yeah, but Nate is always right on top of every move Disney makes, so he can help you have the best vacation ever. Oh, for sure. If you're looking to visit Walt Disney World, Disneyland, sail the seas on Disney Cruise Line, or even explore anywhere in the world beyond Disney, our friend Nate from Main Street and More Travel can help make your vacation dreams come true. No question, sweetie. And if you've listened to our show for any time at all, you know we're big fans of high-end experiences. And that's just what you get when you work with Nate. He'll give you concierge-level vacation planning services, but at no additional cost to you or your family. Heck, you may even save money if discounts become available because Nate is always looking to make sure you get the best deal possible. And did we mention all of this comes at no extra cost to you? That's because it's Disney that pays Nate for all that top-notch service he provides so you don't have to. So if you're looking for the best person to plan your magical vacation, just go to DizTripsAndMore.com, fill out the form on the website to get the process rolling on your next fabulous trip with Nate. And be sure to tell him Tom and Michelle sent you. Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, intelligent, very gorgeous, <laughs> super hardworking Disney Imagineering of the 80s loving wife and co-host, Michelle. <laughs> Something like that. Thank you, sweetie. Hi, everybody. <laughs> What's that about? I know. What's that? What is going on with that? <laughs> That sounds so much like Forky. I've I watched some of the shorts again <laughs> recently, and it, that whole conversation just sounded like Forky's intro. Well, uh, we have about the same mental capacity, so <laughs> it's understandable. Uh, but you don't. Thank you for joining us today. We were recording this episode on Saturday, May twentieth, twenty twenty three, and this episode is dropping on Sunday, May twenty first, twenty twenty three. We're about to go on vacation. It's exciting. Mini vacation, but yes. vacation just the same. It's very exciting. Exactly. Exactly. Although <laughs> we just had a little small vacation that That's we'll talk true. about as well. Yeah, looking forward to talking about that vacation. one. A lot of yes. exciting things to share. Yes, for sure. For sure. Thank you for joining us today. In the future, you'll find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good positive disney energy fun on our hyperion adventurers facebook group it is a great group i say that every week because they never fail it's true it's true they are a great group and we enjoy everybody on there sharing their adventures whether it be disney related whether it be personal whatever we like to celebrate everybody 
on that group. Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast, or you can just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe, and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, feel free to just say hi, or if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, we're Definitely willing to consider some topics. For sure. Also, we are coming up on our five-year anniversary. Wow. That show is just going to take place in just a few weeks here. Holy moly. I know. And we would love your input on that. If you want to send us a video clip, a voice clip, just something written, um, we would love to have something that we can share Kind of just celebrating the show and celebrating you and yes, of course, celebrating us on our five years as a podcast. Yeah, it's like class participation. Yeah, so um, please uh, hit us up. Again, social media is great, but the Gmail account is fantastic for any of those things as well. Correct. And we'll be, we'll be reaching out to you more about that over the next couple of weeks because uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. That show is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and we know there's a lot of you out there that, you know, maybe you're not... Um, sharing as much or getting involved in social media as much. We totally get that, but we'd still love to hear from you. For sure. Completely. 100%. Michelle is always right, as you well know, <laughs> from listening to this show for nearly five years or however long it's been, even if it's been five weeks, whatever, five days, whatever. You're funny. Uh, now, before we get into this week's show, you know, we always like to take a look back. We like to take a look wow. back at the week that was <laughs> because, you know, there's highs, there's lows, there's twists, there's turns. But this is the Disney show of positivity. So we like to focus on the highs, the positive moments from the week. We like to focus on our favorite things from the week that was. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle because... You're about to hear it. She does the best research. <laughs> You've heard it in the past. Over the past five years, she knows she has the best lists. Mm. She definitely has the best tips, but she also almost always has the best my favorite thing from this week. So, Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? Well, there, as I say a lot of times, there are a lot of things that I could bring up. But I think hands down, the most fun and unexpectedly so was on our little journey down to Vero Beach. Yes, which we'll be telling you about a little bit later yeah, in this can't wait. episode. Yes. Can't wait to talk about it. I know. It is one of my favorite things from this week as well. It was a, a fantastic little bit of a surprise, you know, short journey out there to right. Vero, but we're going to tell you all about it, what we liked and if you've ever thought about, uh, you know, hitting up a mm -hmm. non-Disney park resort, why this one might be something you might be interested in as well. So yes. you want to stick around for that for sure. Uh, anything else? Well, I mean, I think the other thing that I was excited to finally get resolved was um, my nursing license yes. for the state of Florida. You know, I, I initially had a license in Florida, but when we moved to California, I let that go. Not that long ago, actually. Which is uh, well, and the thing is, I thought, I'll never go back to Florida. <laughs> Lo and behold, we're back here. And so um, kind of had to, you know, go through the normal expected jumping through hoops for right. it and finally got that result. So you, so, have your, you have your Florida nursing license once again. So yep. everybody out there, all our Florida friends, if you have something, a little mole on your back that you want to check out or whatever, <laughs> come on over and see Michelle. Oh, She'll help no. you out. Oh, not no, it's not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> no, oh, okay. no, 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 no. So, uh, just in case you want to yeah. you know, 
look for that next job. I know. Uh, you so get right working, now I'm a so. nurse. I'm a bicoastal nurse. There you go. I like it. I like yeah. it. So she can, she can treat you in California and <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> Uh, my other favorite thing from this week, along with our Vero Beach mm-hmm. stay, was um, it's, it's Muppets Mayhem. <laughs> I am getting a kick out of that so show. Funny. I think it's such a fun little show. It is cute. It really is. Um, I. It's funny because I think I shared with you the other night when you're saying, oh, we could put that on. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm in the mood for it. But then... You know, as soon as it, we're watching it, it's like, yeah, okay, let's watch another episode too. You know, right. so it's it just it grows on you. It's pretty cute. Yeah, it's re- it's well done. They got a lot of great guest stars on right. it, and um, it's it, we're we're not all the way through the season yet, but uh, I've really been enjoying it. I think it's one of the better Muppets uh, programs that's mm-hmm. been come out over the last several years. And right. I'm, I'm, I hope that there's more to come. For yeah, sure. definitely compared to the other things on. St- that Muppets has come out on streaming. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't put it at the level of their movies, their right. films, but it's definitely high up there above the normal streaming. For sure. Content. I think the only other thing I would say is uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion was kind of up. And yeah. Down. That, that, that was, was really that good was too. Special. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, uh, really enjoying it. Can't wait to uh, finish out the series and uh, see where they go from there. Yeah. So very cool. Very cool. So we did get a my favorite thing from this week from one of our listeners. This on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. This was from Scott in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He said, my favorite thing from this week is watching my wife and daughter complete the women run. Women run the Twin Cities 5K Photos apparently on her Facebook page if you're looking for them. Uh, <laughs> next stop, Run Disney, he says. Congratulations, nice. Heather. Yeah. That is awesome. So so great. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, hopefully Run Disney around yeah. the corner for them. 5K, always a lot of fun. That's yeah, cool. That Very would, cool. Yeah, definitely. And if you have any questions about that or want encouragement, we would highly recommend that. For sure. <laughs> On to this week's show. We have lots of stuff for you this week, including there's a new Walt Disney World ticket offer that you may be interested in if you're planning on visiting the most magical place on earth yeah, this summer. Crazy good, yeah. Yes. And we now know when you could have your first chance to visit Arendale. Mm-hmm. Hashtag real men love frozen. <laughs> Hashtag booking a trip. <laughs> but that's later. Let's go ahead and get to our main topic of the week. Well, this will be fun. As always, Michelle's research pieces, as you well know, are always the best. I cannot wait to hear what she has cooked up for us this week as we move into another in our series of our Disney at 100, kind of our countdown to the official right. 100th birthday of the Walt Disney Company, but celebrating the whole entire well, uh, century yeah. as a Disney company. Yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> and right. I'm hoping this one's okay. <laughs> Whenever she says that, I know it's going to be great. No. 
<laughs> it always is. Whenever she's a little, when she's really confident about it, eh, <laughs> but when she's nervous about it, you know, it's going to be awesome because she puts extra effort into it to make sure it's as good as possible. Try to make sure the bar is set really low this time. <laughs> so this time we are focusing on the decade of the 80s, correct, Michelle? Well, you know, that was kind of the pattern we were going is doing like a count up to the 100th year uh, celebration. And so, yes, this would have been the, the 1980s. But we already did a whole episode one time about the Disney company in the 80s. So I thought, can't redo that one. Um, and I didn't think you would just replay that one for me <laughs> instead. Guess we could have. <laughs> but no. So I thought, you know, another, another important aspect of the 1980s, though, was that's when the Imagineering department actually became Imagineers mm. officially was in the mid 1980s. So I thought, let's go a little bit into about the Imagineers. And it's not going to be what you see on Disney Plus, because you can just watch that on Disney Plus, you don't need to hear me, but just a little bit of highlights and overviews, maybe throwing in a one or two fun facts about Imagineering. Well, that'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait to, to hear it all because <laughs> Michelle always comes up with some stuff that I didn't know in the past. So this is going to be fun. So Michelle, go ahead and get to our Disney at 100 series, the episode about the 80s and Imagineering. All right. Well, to start with, thought, let's take a look at three distinctive highlights regarding how they were conceived or perceived from a business structure perspective. So um, it, they first started in 1952 by Walt. Um, as they were developing the plans for the parks, they wanted to have a way to kind of distinguish them from the work that the studios was doing with movies and animations and things like that. So that's why he, uh, Walt came up with this company, the Walt Disney Inc., um, but then within like just three months of opening it, he decided to call it Wed Enterprises. Mm -hmm. And it started with just a few Imagineers, but from a business perspective, it was a solely owned company called eventually Wed Enterprises. But then in 1965, February of 1965, actually, Wed Enterprises Act then became wholly owned subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. And then the third main thing or change that happened was in 1986, and that's with, when WED Enterprises renamed Walt Disney Imagineering, um, taking that blended word of imagination and, and engineering to kind of really reflect on the unique things that they do for the business. Very cool. As we've seen with some other historical things about the Disney company, how they've set up their enterprises, you know, um, are things that you don't always necessarily know about. Just thought it might be a little interesting. Cool. Um, the other thing is, you know, you always hear location, location, location. So let's talk a little bit about the location of, yes. of um, the Imagineers. So in 1965, and that's when they um they became solely owned by the company. Uh, they decided to expand and they moved into Glendale into a building that was the home of Studio Girls Cosmetics. And I know we've talked about this and I'm not, I, I am putting you on the spot. Can you remember the address? At least the number of the address? 
1401. You got it. It's 1401 Flower Street. And actually, that continues to be their worldwide headquarters. So that's pretty cool that all this time they're still there. And also in 1965, they they expanded to have a building really um, focusing on audio animatronics and the technology there. And because they had funding for that structure from Mary Poppins, they called it MAPO. I thought that was like a breakfast cereal. I know. <laughs> M-A-P-O, Mary Poppins. Got it. But Very yeah, good. yeah. Um, then they did another expansion in 1990. Uh, also, though, in Glendale, moving, uh, adding on the uh, adjacent building, and it was called the bowl. They called it the bowling alley. Do you know why they called it the bowling alley? Because they bowled there. Well, that was part of it, but it because it was actually was it really? It, I was just totally. It just, was a public bowling okay. center that oh, they wow. that they purchased, um, and initially they did keep four lanes for the Imagineers nice. to bowl there and have a good time. But eventually they needed more space, and so they had to get rid of the the final four oh, bowling lanes. Yeah, oh. yeah. Now here's something that I found really interesting that it wasn't until March of 1993, I think about 1993, that they had a permanent presence in Florida. Now, they've always been in Florida since 1965. They had some kind of presence. Um, that's when, you know, Walt finally announced everything. But it wasn't until March of 1993 that they actually had a permanent home, uh, a building that's behind Future World at Epcot. Mm -hmm. It looked like there was going to be even a greater presence until, Ooh. well, this week. But. I know, but mm -hmm. that was a news thing that I don't know that we'll cover. But nope. anyway. <laughs> Not really. But I thought, again, just some little tidbits there. You might want to know about where the Imagineers are located. And like I said, considering all the work that they did to open Epcot, that yeah. it wasn't until the next decade that they actually yeah. had a permanent home there. So a lot of frequent flyer miles going on during yes, that time. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, and they'd find space to work and things like of that. And, and I think a lot of times too, it was depending on which project they were working on is where they kind of, you know, located themselves. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, interesting. So let's take a look at some of the the projects that they the Imagineers were really hot and heavy working on in the 1980s. Um, the most notable I just mentioned was that Epcot opened in 1982. Fun fact about the placement of some of the, the uh, country pavilions in World Showcase. Um, the first one that they were trying to decide on where to put was the American Pavilion. And they kind of thought, well, should we put it like at the front entrance part of World Showcase because that's what World's Fairs would frequently do is their country pavilion would be kind of front and center. Mm -hmm. But they thought, no, let's not do that. And that's why they ended up putting it across from that because their concept was you'd have to go and experience other cultures to get to the American pavilion, no matter which way you went. Mm -hmm. And then they decided to place Mexico and Canada as the first countries on either side of the entrance because those are the two countries bordering the United States. And Very so good. they are kind of the welcoming part of North America. Nice. And everybody continent. still argues of which way do you do? Where do you That's go? That's right. Do you go towards Canada or do you go towards Mexico? Yeah. Which way do you go? 
Um, I I think we uh, usually tend to go towards Canada. Yeah. Mostly. But I know a lot of people prefer going through Mexico first. Right. Yep. Yep. I'm good going either way because it's just fun. Oh, yeah. No, I'm good <laughs> know, going either way. But I but, think, yeah, I do think the we way tend we to tend to steer right. tends to be that direction. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the next big project that they were working on actually... Uh, was something that they launched and opened in April of 1983. So that was just six months after Epcot opened. Mm. And that was a biggie. That was their first international park where they opened Disneyland in Tokyo. Mm. Now, here's a fun fact to, to dwell on. Ooh, I'm going to dwell on it. Yes. For a long, long time. Absolutely. So during their first 30 years that... Wed Enterprises was in existence. They created two parks, Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. 30 years. Within six months, <laughs> they opened two parks, Epcot and Tokyo Disneyland. Wow. So, I know. Really. Again, more frequent flyer miles <laughs> going between Orlando and Tokyo. Talk about a, a very aggressive timeline right. there, you know. Obviously, things were going on in preparation for those parks to open, but it was pretty incredible that, that you know, two parks in 30 years, two parks in six months. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that is, that's amazing. I know. Um, an exciting uh, project that started in 1987 was where Disney joined in with George Lucas and United to produce... What attraction? Star Tours. Exactly. So that was pretty cool. And then the latter part of um, the 80s in 1989, Disney Hollywood Studios opened at Walt Disney World. I'm sure that our Dillo friends would like us to say hashtag always MGM. Always MGM so give a nod to them. Mm. But a fun fact that I ran across here was that originally they were going to have a pavilion at Epcot that was going to take guests on a journey through the magic of movies. So it was just going to be kind of a, a section of Epcot. But as they started gathering, you know, ideas and, and, the, and the concept grew, they knew they could create a whole new park yeah. just dedicated to, to that. Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's, so it's a very popular park. I know, I know, and it's it's one that's really I think of all the parks when you think of all the parks at Walt Disney World, that's one that's probably had most substantial changes. Whether yeah. you're talking about growth or it's definitely re quite a areas, even and since. Stuff. And I wasn't going at the beginning of that park. Even right. since I first started going to that park, there have been some significant right. changes to that park for sure. Right. So interesting an interesting use of land there. Yeah. So then one other aspect that I thought would be good to touch when we're looking at Imagineers is what were some of the notable Imagineers of the 1980s? Uh, obviously, some of these names I know you're going to be very familiar with. Uh, Marty Sklar. Mm -hmm. um, incredible, his career. I, and I know we, we know this, but when I was actually gathering the, the, the information, like his titles and everything, it was pretty impressive and, and, and expedited, I guess. Uh, in 1979, he was named the Vice President of Creative Development, mm -hmm. you know, Imagineering's. Um, then in 82, so just a couple of years later, executive vice president and then vi president and vice chairman in 1987 to 1996. Wow. So moving through the ranks. Move, yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that cannot be ignored at this time was John Hench. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he was a very early on Imagineer. Um, he became the executive vice president of Webb. Uh, also, fun fact, I don't know if you knew this. I didn't. He's actually Mickey Mouse's official corporate portrait artist. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So he painted uh, Mickey's portraits for uh, most of Mickey's highlighted birthdays. So like the 25th, the 50th, 60th, 70th, and 75th. You know, and, and he always wanted to make sure he was capturing the essence of Mickey, but also developing Mickey mm-hmm. as well. Incredibly, in 2004, John celebrated his 65th year with the company. Wow. And unfortunately, it, it wasn't too long into 2004 that he actually passed away. But he passed away at age 95, and he was still a full-time employee <laughs> going to the building every day. Wow. That, that is incredible. Yeah. I had no idea. That's amazing. I know. Talk about a dedicated Imagineer. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Another one I thought was interesting was um, Tom Fitzgerald, and he's currently the portfolio creative executive for Walt Disney Imagineering. Um, and you might be able to see his that name when you look at Disney Parks blog. He does some of the writing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he shared his story, his journey with Epcot that I thought was pretty interesting and considering we're talking about Mm-hmm. the 80s. He said, in October of 1978, I was working at the Haunted Mansion in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World and dreaming of one day getting to work for Wed Enterprises. A fellow cast member tipped me off that Card Walker, the president and CEO of Walt Disney Productions, was about to announce the Epcot Center project to the World Congress of International Chamber of Commerce and they, they were meeting at the Contemporary Resort Hotel. And even better, they had set up models and artworks in a curtained-off room near the hotel lobby. And he goes on to say, As soon as I finished my shift, I raced over to the hotel and snuck into the Epcot presentation <laughs> area. And he said, I was blown away by what I saw and knew I wanted to be a part of bringing that vision to life. So what he did is headed to California. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he, he was then able to be hired by Marty Sklar to join the Imagineering team and eventually was assigned to the project not too long after that for Epcot Center um, uh, for, in, involved with the computers and robots and eventually led to work on Horizons. Wow. So in fact, um, he, he shared that a lot of times Imagineers were used as models as they created some of the audio animatronics. And he was the teenage, (laughs) teenager in that attraction. Yes. There's a cute picture of him next to it. And you can see. You can tell the resemblance. Yes, you can tell the resemblance. Now, there was a really impressive, legendary Imagineer, although not a Disney legend Ah. yet, I hope, uh, who was hired in 1980. Any any thoughts? Any ideas? Does he have a long dangling earring? He does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with Joe Rody. You got it. So he was hired in 1980 to the, to the team, and you know, obviously became a very um, beloved Imagineer to all of us. So, um, here's another fun fact. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. There was a significant. He wasn't an Imagineer, but he was a contributor 
and that is Ray Bradbury. Oh yeah. He originally uh, was a friend of Walt's. They they you know had a, a deep admir or respect for each other's and each other's work. Um, but in the seventies, the kind of the mid to late seventies, actually, um, the the Imagineer started hosting what was called the Epcot Forums, and they were just um, trying to get business people and and scientists and everything to come in and, and kind of sh get their impression of things, share some of their ideas of Epcot, you know, just to, to, to make sure they're solidifying what they wanted to present. And he was um, a notable invitee for the some of the Epcot forums. Uh, some other ones that they had were astrophysics, excuse me, atmospheric physicist, Carl Hodges, mm. and Gerard O'Neill, inventor of the particle storage ring. Mm. So, I mean, they, you know, they, they were really getting some substantial people to mm -hmm. come in and talk to them. But uh, it was decided that they were going to actually have Ray Bradbury um, spearhead the development of Spaceship Earth. Mm. And, um, you know, because they considered he really did have a passion for storytelling. Yeah, great science fiction author. Right, yeah. right. So, and he he was very much humbled by this and the work that he was doing in in the development of it. And he actually wrote the original script for the attraction. Mm. So, and he even uh, I saw it where he was um, actually it was Marty Sklar talking about him and and that opening day or dedication day of spaceship earth and he said when john hench came over and hugged him he said he just welled up and Aww. that it was just the best day of his life yeah, that's you know? great yeah yeah so anyways i know this time we're keeping it short i know we have a lot to talk about with our trip that we want to share mm -hmm. with people and so i really wanted to kind of edit this a little bit to keep it to a minimum but that is our look at Imagineering of the 1980s. Well, that's really good. Yeah, no, it was it was a little shorter than your normal segments, but yeah. I think it packed a lot of information within that because uh. Michelle's research is always <laughs> the best research. <laughs> no, it's great stuff. It's it's good. You know, I mean, obviously the Imagineers, you know, even though they weren't named that prior to the right. 1980s, were in the forefront of creating what we now know as Disneyland and everything else that you know around that kind right. of concept. Uh, but it really does seem like they took more center stage in, in the 1980s, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, really stepped up and uh, became uh, the division it is now. And yeah, it's, right. it's, uh, it's an amazing history. And um, where would we be without them? Right. And, they actually um, merged with another um, of the departments that was focused mainly on developing land and, and things like that. And that kind of merged in together because they just saw the, the, what do you call that synergy mm -hmm. of the, the, those kind of things. But yeah, I mean, uh, they were so many things happening and about to happen into the nineties too. You know, if you think about with, you know, DVC and how they were managing mm -hmm. properties and, and hotels and things like that and starting that and the Disney cruise line. So th this was like the forefront to some even bigger things, not just opening parks. Right. And I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say about that as we start progressing even farther through this Disney at 100 yeah. series. And we've already done an episode in the nineties, but that doesn't mean that some of the nineties won't be coming up 
here in the next segment. Nice. What do you? You're the one who's doing it. What do you think, Michelle? Yeah, I think we're gonna do some stuff with the '90s. Um, like I did this approach a little bit differently because you know we had already addressed what was going on with the company in 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 that. Um, but I'm sure. We'll find something. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. Hey, Michelle, she, you know, I have a couple things in my head. She finds all sorts of things out there. Her research is impeccable. <laughs> you know that she's going to find some interesting things that we didn't speak about during that episode. Uh, but uh, I know it'll be fascinating, and I can't wait. Just like this one, uh, always learn new things every single time. Oh, well, thank you, honey, and uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. So that's another part of our continuing Disney at 100 series. This time it was the 1980s when Imagineering took center stage. Once again, Michelle, doing a fantastic job. Our Disney at 100 series. I always learn something new. Every single, I know I say this every time, but it's true. Every single time I learn something new because Michelle's research is so fantastic. You're so kind, sweetie. Thank you. No, no, thank you for providing all that information for (laughs) us. Uh, We really appreciate it for sure. Now, before we get to the Disney stories of the week, as we mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. we did get the chance. It was just kind of a, it was a weekday, but basically it was our weekend. We made a little weekend jaunt out to Disney's Vero Beach Resort, someplace that we had never visited before. We were just looking, we had some points we kind of needed to use up and we're like, you know what? It's a good couple of days, you know, maybe a nice beach day or two might be fun and you know, we haven't experienced this place, so let's check it out. But boy, were we surprised, right? Yes, yes. I mean, first of all, going back to like the kind of the whys, um, like you mentioned, we had a few points um, that we're getting to the time of year where we're getting our next batch of points. And and these were ones that um, we had, because we had rebooked within seven days we had to use yeah. quickly. But for, hey. for those of you who do or do not know DVC points, um, a lot of times for a year, if you don't use up your DVC points by a certain uh, time, you can bank those points and use them for the next year. Right. Um, these were points that we had, like Michelle said, we had canceled a reservation relatively late in the game due to circumstances. Um, so we had to use these up before our use year right. ended, which our use year ended officially the 1st of August. So we needed to use them up by the end of July. So it was just like eight points. But right. we want we needed to do something. So this yeah. and came it, available for right. us. Right, and the points needed in June and July are more than May. So we thought, all right, let's let's try to find something now and not be forced to use even additional add-on to other points because it wasn't enough to to necessarily do a whole stay but it was most of what this state needed right so yeah we needed two extra points two extra points yeah um yeah because it was just we just did a one night stay um is basically what our weekend is my weekends now are monday and tuesday are the days i normally have off from work so we just we a room became available there are not always a lot of rooms available there came a room available 
uh, for the Monday night of May 15th. So we decided, hey, it's not that far away. Let's check it out, see what this place is all about, see if we enjoy it, see if it's something we'd want to do more in the future. So we went out on Monday morning, May 15th, again, stayed through till uh, about mid-afternoon on Tuesday, right. May 16th. And we got a lot in during that time. Yeah. First of all, it, it's only about a 40 to 45 minute drive from our house to get down to Vero Beach. It's not a very long trip and it's actually a very nice trip kind of along the uh, the the Indian River here right. um, out on the Space Coast, uh, down to the Treasure Coast mm -hmm. is what it's called, where Vero Beach is. Um, so that was really pleasant. And then we arrived at the resort. And uh, Michelle, what were your initial impressions of the Disney Vero Beach Resort? So we, you know, as with all the resorts, you first get to, you know, the security and booth in most security places at, at Disney. They're very nice. You know, but this lady was super just, you could just tell she was super, super friendly, you know, and, you know, told us where to park to do the check-in. Um, and then we got to, which we did, we went into the lobby and there were several people available to help us. We went to the, to the first, um, cast member and oh my God, she was amazing. She was so enthusiastic about the resort. Um, we had explained to her it was our first time there. So she was, you know, really meticulous about giving us all the information and details that we needed. Because to, there are a lot of details to this yeah. resort that you might want to know. Right. And, you know, where things were, hours of, of operations for certain special things that they have, um, you know, and just really helped guide us on how to you know, appreciate what they, they offer here, mm -hmm. you know, but again, you could just really tell she was happy to work there. It, it didn't seem put on at all. In fact, she did, she kept saying that, you know, she's been working there like two years and that everybody there gets along and, and she just enjoys the camaraderie of, of that location. So I, I think being that it is set aside, that it's not associated with the parks, it's not associate, you know, it's not, on Walt Disney World property that it, it's a little bit more, um, you know, of a smaller group of people that really get to enjoy what they, they, where they work and everything. Right. I think our, our, what we got from our first encounters with the cast members mm -hmm. at uh, Disney's Vero Beach Resort, um, they kind of shared the same vibe that we got from the entire resort. And that was that they were very laid back. It's right. a very laid back, relaxed it's a different thing than going to, not that you can't be laid back and right. relaxed when going to a Walt Disney World or a Disneyland Resort, but there was just something different about this, knowing that there's not theme parks right. involved with it. That This is kind of a different experience um, than going to one of those resorts. Exactly. But like you said, we, we encountered that with everybody, and but but also the friendliness, the cheerfulness. Um, it didn't matter whether it was housekeeping, if it was from um, janitorial, if it was were other, you know, bartenders or, you know, anybody that you encountered there was definitely enthusiastic and willing to right. help you and make sure you were having a good time. As most Disney cast members are. But like right. I said, I just felt like they're this, this, they're, they're vibe was yes. very similar to what the 
the vibe Good is point. of the yeah, entire resort there. Um, yeah, so we got in, checked in, parked our car. There's some underground parking yeah, there. Yeah, I which love is that really, they have really nice. parking, yeah. Um, if you're taking your stuff right up to the room, you can either leave your stuff up there and just like any other Disney resort, they will check your stuff. They will refrigerate anything you need right. refrigerated. Um, but if like we just went ahead and just parked and kept our stuff in the car because we didn't have that much, it was just a one night stay. But one thing that I did find really handy is that they have a ton of those luggage carts right, right down there in that garage. Really easy elevators right there the carts right. are right there and like a, a bunch of them so that makes it really easy when you do want to bring stuff up right. either up or back down from your from your car to your room or vice versa exactly i mean you could you know pull your car up right by the lobby and bell service would mm-hmm. definitely assist you so it's it's not like they don't have that but if you are parking in the covered you know underground parking area like Tom said, it just to have that convenience of grabbing a car. And, and because there were so many, you didn't feel like, oh, if I take this one, I'm going to be, you know, holding other people up. There was definitely an abundance there. Yeah, made it really, really easy um, for when I grabbed the stuff later on. First of all, well, we got there parked and then it was straight to the pool. Uh, because you yeah. know, hey, our room it, wasn't ready. Our room wasn't ready, um, but we wanted. It wasn't. Didn't take long for it to be ready. Right. By the way, um, but we just wanted to go to the pool. That's kind of what we. Our vibe was for right. this whole thing is like we're just going to kick it by the pool and relax and enjoy this. Yep. Maybe try out some activities. We'll see. So we went by the pool. Uh, what did you think about the pool, Michelle? I actually thought it was great. I mean, it's not a giant pool. Um, they do have a water slide that. I have to say, we tried it. We liked it. I yeah. wish I'd gotten a video of that. I think that. <laughs> but um, no, it, it, it's a great pool. Um, they have, you know, the typical things that you would expect at a Disney pool in, in terms of for the kids to have flotation devices. They have um, a side area that kids have like a splash pool that's, mm-hmm. you know, got pirate themed. Yeah. Pirate themes got kind of like a ship that has a little slide to a very tiny slide. So even little, little ones could, could participate in that. Um, you, in terms of the towels, they give you, I think they were nicer towels than what you normally get at a Disney pool, but you did, um, they didn't have like self-serve. You had to go to a window, um, but you could bring it back. You could get more, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. But, um, and I was just surprised at how many available, how much seating availability there was, whether you wanted a table with chairs or whether you wanted a lounge chair, there were, there was an abundance of them for sure. So it, it you know, sometimes you feel like if you don't get to the pool in time, you're not going to have a place to go, um, here, that didn't seem to be the case on both days. Now, granted, we went on a weekday, but it was the Monday after Mother's Day. And they did Day. say the resort was sold out. And, right. They said the, the resort was full. In fact, we had talked about, because we were getting, uh, they have rooms that are in, in, you know, for like a hotel, they call it the inn. And then they have the DVC rooms that are the villas. And we weren't able to reserve a villa room, which we would have, if we could have, uh, a studio but we had an in-room. And the, again, the, the front desk um, clerk was very enthusiastic. She said, actually, this is probably, uh, this will be a larger room for you. Um, you know, it's a little longer than the studio. So you'll, you'll have a good time there. Yeah. And so knowing that it was completely full because she couldn't get us to a, a, a villa, 
and to have all that seating available was pretty impressive. Yeah. So this place, um, and we'll get to the rooms in just a little bit, but just so you know, going in. So they have in rooms, which basically are two beds. Um, they still in have, meaning I-N-N. Yes. <laughs> not, not more. We're in. We're in. <laughs> um, yes. And, and they, they do still have a kitchenette area, just mm-hmm. like many DVC rooms. Um, it just doesn't have the fold down couch area right. Right. Uh, in it. So um, the in rooms are in the main building. And then they have some of the the, um, the villas, the, the studios, and the one bedroom, two bedrooms in uh, other buildings that are on the side. And right. then they also have three bedroom cottages, right. which are right along the beach. So um, getting back to the pool real quickly, the one thing, and yes, Michelle's mentioned that seating was quite available there, which is right. we've obviously on Disney Cruise Line can be difficult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> even in, in a, a Disney resort or a park resort or right. a Disney World Resort, whatever, can be difficult at times. We didn't have much problem finding you know, one, if we wanted a table and chairs with an umbrella mm-hmm. or even some loungers with an umbrella. And even if those were taken, there ha- there are enough like large palms around that there were always seem to be some spaces. If you're looking for more shade, right. that there are some areas yeah. that are shaded there. Now, there's plenty of sun as well. Um, but that was nice because we like to not bake in the sun right. all the time. Um, so we kind of liked that very much. Um, like I said, it didn't take very long for them to call and let us know that our room was right. available. And so we sat down there, had a drink, and then we went up and wanted to check out our room. Michelle, what did you think about our our deluxe in-room with a standard view? Well, I was a little concerned because it did say standard view, but I was really pleasantly surprised that the view actually in where our, our patio w- overlooked the pool uh, we were on the second floor. It's, it's a short, it's a smaller building, shorter yeah, it's building. it's only four floors. Only yeah. four floors. So we we're on the second floor. Um, I'm not counting the garage. Only four right. main floors. And our balcony, they, they have, depending on which floor you're at, the way the building is set up, the floor we were on, the, the balconies were extended out. And then there's some, like the floors above us, they were enclosed balconies. And so... Um, having that extended out, we actually were able to not only just sit out there and see the pool, but we could also see the ocean yes. a, a little bit. It wasn't in like an ocean front. If you think about like ocean view rooms, it's like a that, partial ocean, view. right? Partial yeah. ocean view, um, is what, you know, we had. And so that was kind of a nice, really great surprise. Um, the room's, you know, have like the two queen beds. And as Tom mentioned, they have the, um, the little kitchenette area and things like that. I just felt like they had also a lot of drawer space available there. Our room had, because of the way it was set up in that room layout, we had a little extra room that if we were to be there with an infant in need, like a, one of the I can't remember the like a play pal, play pop pal, up, pop, uh, right? Crib, crib type thing. That there would have been plenty of room for that as well. Um, but yeah, it w- it was really and it was really charming. I think that was the one thing that I kept thinking is, wow, this is really charming. But they had a lot of nice little touches, like you know the the pulls on the drawers. You know they they were decorative. They weren't just like here's your standard run of the mill issue kind of drawer pull it they they were a little bit more ornate right um you know the, the rooms had been refurbished a couple of years ago i think so it, it had very light colors but you 
definitely got the beach theme turtle theme especially turtle because theme. uh you know they're they're big about the turtles that right. come up and and uh lay their eggs on the beach and then exactly. eventually go back to the sea yeah right so um yeah i just thought it was a really nice special room yeah um, I agree. Yeah, um, some things were a little dated in the room, but not like shabby dated. Right. Like you know, they were everything was clean, everything was mm-hmm. well kept. Um, you know, there there could go for a few more upgrades, but I, I thought it was a fine room, and definitely, um, we got very lucky with it in what our view was that mm-hmm. we were over the pool, but the pool never bothered us. The noise right. never bothered us. Wasn't loud or anything. Yeah. Um, we did get you know that partial ocean view, which is um, one of the things about this is that they have an area that separates kind of the main living spaces from the beach there um, with some um, fencing, but that's covered by a lot of plants. And a lot of that is one to protect from the ocean, but also to protect the resort from um, kind of disturbing the sea turtles when they're out there um, during these months, which is they're usually out there from May to October, right? either coming up to lay their eggs or the baby turtles trying to get back to the ocean. Right. And I think that had a lot to do too with the the sound not being very loud, even though we were right by the pool um, area, they, their glass is a little thicker and it is also tinted a little bit, you know, I don't think, I wouldn't call it a lot tinted, um, you know, but they, that, that is because there are requirements, uh, along the coast here where the, because of the turtle, um, population needing to be protected that, um, lights from rooms. So whether you're in a hotel or if you have like my sister, um, who has a place right on the beach, you have to at nighttime starting like I think 9 p.m. You have to have your shades closed. You can't have outdoor lights shining because it, it is disruptive to the turtles trying to find their um, location to lay their eggs right. and things and, like that. And don't think the resort goes dark outside though at 9 p.m. They do right. um, have it lit up actually all night long, but they have like these special lights there. They're kind of almost more orange Tinted, right. I think that they've studied to find out what will not distract the turtles so right. much. And so this lighting, I mean, yes, it's cut off by that sort of plant hedge. hedge. Yes, that's a good word for it. Very tall hedge. Um, but just to make sure that they can still, so people can still see the pool, so people can still walk around the resort in the evenings. They do have these lights out there. They just look a little different maybe than right. what you've seen before. And I think they, almost all of them are facing in towards the, the building and not outward so that it's again not right. going out towards the beach area for sure yeah uh so once we got done uh, getting into our room getting our stuff into our room we decided it was time to check out where all the activities were around there because we had heard that there were a lot of activities yeah. to check out so we went around and let me tell you if you want to do stuff like you can just totally kick back and relax and enjoy it but if you want to do stuff, there is a ton of stuff to do at this resort. They have uh, over at the beach. We went to the beach to check mm-hmm. out their rentals there. They have all sorts of rentals there, including you can rent uh, cabanas, which, you know, not like the cabanas at the, you know, Walt Disney World right. pools or whatever, but they also don't cost you 250 right. bucks yeah. for a day. <laughs> uh, it's like 33 bucks, I think, for, a, you know, it's like one of those um, kind of tent. Um, it's hard to say. It's kind of like a half shell right. tent. Um, that you can shade in and then they, you get two loungers and a table there. Um, th- that is like $33 for the entire day. And if you're a DVC member, it's $28 for Something the entire like that. day. Yeah. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, right. but it's, but isn't that it's range. close to that. Yeah. Or you can get two loungers and an umbrella there. Now they only have a certain amount 
Um, but when you when you get there, if you get there early and you show up, um, you can you can get those, secure those, and then you have them for the entire day for that fee. Right. Yeah. I think um, they they rent it out from nine a.m. till I think it's five or six right. p.m. Um, because again, they are not trying to have people hang out by the the actual ocean at that point. There is no lifeguard for the ocean, mm-hmm. but there is lifeguards at the pool. At the pool. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, you can rent kayaks, all mm-hmm. sorts of things there to enjoy Bicycles. yourself by the pool or by the by the uh, beach. Right. So, um, yes, if you also if you want to go in, you can you want to go ride around uh, the general vicinity and explore. They do right. have uh, bike rentals there. Um, all sorts of fun games you can play. There's cornhole. They have uh, tennis, pickleball, basketball, volleyball. There are walking trails nearby there. Uh, there's I, soccer court. There's a soccer. Yep. There's this little soccer field. field. Uh, apparently there's archery. I didn't see the archery, but I know there were signs leading to it. And all these things you can go and you can rent them. They have, a, they have an area right by the pool where you rent a lot of this equipment right. from. And a lot of it is not very expensive or it's free for DVC members. Right. Yeah. Or if nothing else, DVC members get a discount. Right. Um, yeah, the, by the pool, they had the little miniature golf. Right. We did that. We right. did that. They have a little uh, nine hole miniature golf course right by the yeah. pool. Again, free for DVC members. Yeah. Although I have to say, I'm not sure if they checked anybody. So it might have been free for everybody. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you just go up there and you're like, oh, I want to play miniature golf. They'll give you a couple balls and, you know, and clubs, or, and, clubs and, yep. and, and you go and it's, it's, a, I'm not going to say it's an elaborate miniature no, golf course, no, but it's fun and yeah, quaint and it, right. was, it was a good time. Uh, we went around it twice. So we did 18 holes. Right. <laughs> um, but it, all sorts of stuff. Like if you want to, if you want to just relax, you can relax. Uh, they also have a great spa there from what we right. hear. Uh, we didn't do that, but we heard about it. Um, but if you want to do a bunch of stuff or if you're there for several days and like, okay, I don't want to sit by the pool all day today and I right. want to do something different, they got stuff for you to do. Yeah. I mean, so when you, when you check in, they do give you a, a little paper kind of, this is old school, what they used to do that, that they give you a little paper rundown that has the, the full week all the activities that, for example, that are also in the community house that are offered throughout the day. And, and some things they alternate and some things that they do maybe once or twice a week, you know, so for example, they do um, paper airplanes every other day in the lobby of the, of the resort, and that's free. Uh, and then they alternate that with doing origami, you know, so, I mean, they have little things like that, that anybody in the family can do. Um, they have some things that are, you know, maybe more interesting for adults to do in the community house. Um, like they have where you can, um, paint your own wine glass for a fee for a fee. Right. Um, but none of the fees I saw were really all that crazy. I thought they were actually pretty, pretty, um, Reasonable. Reasonable for the value of what you were getting. Um, they do a thing where you could um, have a paint instructor and you actually follow along and paint, uh, you know, and things like that. So like Tom said, there's a lot of things that you can do or, or you can choose to do nothing but relax. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I kept thinking about seeing what they had to offer some things that we were doing some things we chose not to do this time or whatever was it was like going on a mini cruise yeah 
and you could have your option to do things or not do things. They had trivia. They had trivia by the pool um, with little prizes and things like that. I mean, it, it just um, seemed like they took the ideas of a cruise ship and said, since we don't have a Disney park, what can we offer? And so I think that's why they offer a lot more activities than what you would normally see at one of the Disney resorts because there they know most people are spending the majority of their time going into the parks. Right. Uh, that's a good point. And we kind of did get that feel from it, like a, that vibe that it was kind of cruise-like uh, yeah. throughout it, um, for sure, without actually going anywhere. But uh, right. yeah, um, it had all the best, the, the, some of the aspects we liked the most from a cruise um, you know, being able to sit by the pool, right. um, you know, stopping at Castaway Key. I mean, it's not Castaway Key. It's this nice yes. beach, um, semi-private beach right on the ocean there, right on the Atlantic Ocean. Really nice. Um, just walking just steps from the resort itself. So, right. Um, really cool. And um, yeah. And on certain it. times of the year, they have like a naturalist there. Right. Can take tell you about all the turtles, right? And um, kind of show you this. Yeah, the yeah, really cool. Um, we did. Uh, there, there are several places to eat there. There's the marketplace where you can order food there, but they also have um, like some grab and go items. Mm -hmm. um, they have the the bar right by the pool there that offers all sorts of drinks, um, but also oh, and they offer they have Dole Whip there too. By the yes. way, um, if you want, <laughs> they have two um, kinds of yes. Dole Whip. Um, you get snacks there. They have another bar within the resort itself, the Green Crown Room, right. uh, which is kind of an old fashioned. They 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 folks made it look like kind of an old ship. Right. Um, there's some outdoor seating, but also some indoor seating, and it looks like a really nice place that you can get some food in the mornings and in the evenings there. Um, we decided, and they actually do like a, a mini mixology classes right. there every day. Right. So the different different nights just before. Just as the bar is opening for the evenings, um, they do something based on a different type of alcohol. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's that's cool too. Uh, we decided to have dinner at the uh, restaurant there, mm -hmm. the more main restaurant, which they do breakfast and dinner at, which is called Wind and Waves Grill. Mm -hmm. um, we they that they if you want to make reservations there, and they do recommend it. I think you could walk up and probably right. get a table there fairly easy, but they do recommend. Uh, reservations that's actually done through open table right. so just know that going in if you want to do that um, we did go there and we had dinner and what did you think about dinner at Wind and Waves honey I really thought it was great um, you know they they have in addition to their regular menu they do have some um, specials of the day and I I think I took part in that right one of my dishes yes. was my dish well yours is semi-special because it's that uh, it's it's on their menu um, as the sustainable, sustainable fish, fish of the day. Mm -hmm. So it's a special in that it could be a different fish if you show up a different right. day, different type of seafood. Um, but yeah, yeah. so yeah. sort of like that. Yeah. yeah, so I had the mahi. Um, but it was, it was, again, going along with the theme of being quaint. Um, we sat on what, I guess you could kind of call it like a porch. Mm -hmm. It was enclosed, but it was uh, very much like as if you were seating outside almost, mm -hmm. but at least we were indoors because it was getting warm. Um, but they also have another portion of the restaurant that is indoors that you can actually see the kitchen, you know, preparing dishes and yeah, things so like, like that. So like a performance kitchen there where you can right. see the chefs at work. Yeah. Right. And um, they also have a wood burning uh, stove there for, because they do some 
flatbreads and things like mm-hmm. that. So, um, you know, you can kind of, you know, depending on how busy they are, maybe ask to be seated in one area versus another. Right. So you got the mahi, which was very good. I tried some of it. I enjoyed that. I got the shrimp and grits, which was I enjoyed very much. Right. A little spicy. The andouille was yeah. in there. It was good, uh, but it was really, really well done. That The shrimp were cooked perfectly. The grits were done, which I'm very particular about my grits. The cheese grits <laughs> were very good. Um, enjoyed it. Uh, I will say it's not... It's a, it's got resort fee pricing yeah. on there. It's not, you're not getting away from that restaurant for right. cheap, but the food was good. The service yeah. was good. Um, I thought it was worth the money that we paid. Yeah. I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah. So we did that. Um, then we decided to go for a walk along the beach. Yes. Michelle. Well, before we, so when we were eating there, one of the things we knew going in that again, when we checked in the, the, um, cast member told us you're going to want to do the free s'more free s'mores. Well, we did that later. I was going I know, to get to that. I know, but but just why we didn't end up getting dessert at right. the restaurant. Yeah, we so know we, we just got our entrees there right. and a glass of wine, right. of course, because that's who we are. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> afterwards, we wa- walked off our meal down just a little walk down the way the beach. You wanted to check out what their beach is like, right. and it's nice. It's a nice little beach right there. It's mm-hmm. like I said, semi-private, so um, only people that are staying at the resort or or come to the resort can actually sit in their area there, right. but people can walk through from different areas yeah. nearby. So know that going in, uh, but it's a really, it's a really nice beach area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Tom said, it's, it's not totally private. Like they don't have fences to prevent people from coming in, but you can only access that part of the beach and you can all through the resort and you can only um, stay on those lounge chairs if you're staying at the right. resort. Yeah. Um, but we're looking, we're hoping to check the beach out more mm-hmm. in the future. Um, one thing we did go do, and Michelle already alluded to this, is that they do, um, like they do at some various Walt Disney World resorts, they do have a little sing-along and a little campfire with s'mores mm-hmm. at the end of the evening. Now, what's different from the Walt Disney World resorts is you can get complimentary marshmallows right. to toast at there. But you have to pay if you want to make full s'mores. Here, the s'mores come along with yeah. your fee for staying at that resort. So you can have, they said that some family, I'm not sure if it was one person or one family. I can't imagine it was one person or one family. They said it was a record. 29 s'mores in one night yeah, there. They, so they got their money's worth in s'mores. Exactly. Yeah. So they tell you it's unlimited how many ever you wanted to uh, toast up and eat. But that that's offered as part of the the for staying at the property. Now they have it um, four nights a week, not every night. So it's like alternating with, I think Friday and Saturday is the two days that they have it consecutive. Mm-hmm. Monday, so Monday, like Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday Friday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. They, they start the fire and then they do a little sing along. It's, it's, it's very interactive getting all, everybody involved. And it's yeah. great for both adults and kids. A lot of fun. I made a fool of myself. No, quite, it was uh, awesome. As usual. Um, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. And then it was time for the s'mores. You know, toasted up the marshmallows, got our s'mores, and they're as good as s'mores always are. Yeah. I mean, it's a cute little area that's, um, you know, it's on the property, obviously, but they have like these wooden benches that everybody can can sit and be by around the fire. Um, they really, as Tom mentioned, they did a lot with, you know, everybody participating in 
singing and and dancing and things like that as the as the wood is burning and getting ready to be actually optimal for toasting marshmallows yeah. um but it, it and and he was tom was actually also brave enough to volunteer to, to be somebody that without knowing what it was to do something extra but he also got rewarded um yeah. because because of his willingness to participate in some of the shenanigans that they put on, uh, he got to get his s'mores first. Yes, we were first in line. Well, to get the marshmallows, marshmallows people were right. done toasting theirs before us. So we weren't first in line for the actual right, s'mores, but right. we were the first in line to get the, the sticks and the, and the marshmallows right. themselves to toast. Yes. Um, but that was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was a great time. Yeah, a lot of enthusiasm. The, the the team that yeah, they were runs great. this, yeah, they have a lot of enthusiasm. They really want to get everybody to have a good time and get involved in it. Um, I don't know where they came up with all that energy. I don't yeah, either. I don't yeah. either. And, and oh my gosh, and you know, they're, they're circling the fire constantly. They're making sure nobody's going <laughs> to get hurt. You know, safety is their key. And, um, but, it was warm already, and I thought, oh, my God, they, they got to be sweating like yeah, crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, they them, they put in kudos. some effort. Yeah. They put in some effort. The alternating days that they don't have that is they do have the um, the Disney movies under the stars. Right, right. So there's still, there's still stuff to do at right, night. each uh, night. For yeah. everybody, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that was pretty much it. We decided to call it an evening, sit back on our balcony and look out at mm-hmm. the pool and the ocean and have a glass of wine and, and kind of wind down from our day. Um, good night's sleep. Next day, got up and yeah, it was another pool day. We yeah. just enjoyed ourselves out by the pool. Um, one thing I will tell you is that uh, if you're by the pool and you like to get a cocktail by the pool, they, at least not well during this day, they do not have servers that come to the pool to bring you drinks. So you will need to go to the pool bar yourself right. to get a cocktail, to get whatever drink, to get whatever food you right. might want. However, if you're on the beach, they do have servers that will deliver drinks to the beach for you. Right. And maybe some of those people sometimes might try to get around to the pool area. But again, the resort was full and all their cabanas and, and lounge chairs were rented out. Um, which I, they often are. Yeah, which they often are. So I know that those people who were serving, because they come to the same bar, you could tell they were really working it. And, yeah. you know, they had they were constantly, there were several of them, and they were constantly coming back and, yep. and getting more, bringing more. So sure. um, I think that's kind of probably why we didn't get to see them around the pool area. <laughs> yeah, and it's a longer trek. I mean, it's not that far to go from the pool. Oh, no yeah, matter the, where you are in the pool right. to the bar, it's not that far. Close. And then you're not having to trek through sand and then up the walkway right. and then across. And, uh, so it totally makes sense why uh, the beach would get priority in that regard. But um, we had another great, uh, just excellent pool day. Got a nice chair again under an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Just sat there for the entire time. Did the slide, which is, it's a two-story slide. It's a really nice slide, really fun. Um, and you know, the water's temperature was fantastic. Perfect. Just, just enjoyed our day. And then that was it. We we decided to head back. But one thing we did decide when we were there this day two, and probably decided it already on day one, is that, you know what? We love this place and we're going to come back here fairly frequently because it's easy for us to get to the point value for, for DVC. And by the way, you do not need to be a DVC member to stay there. You can pay cash prices Mm -hmm. to stay there if you're wanting to add it as part of your vacation. Um, it's not that bad. So we have already booked 
Not yeah. no, not just one, <laughs> but two more visits yeah. coming up here to Vero Beach because that's how much we love this space. Yeah, I, and it's so funny because we had heard from a couple people that we know that it's it's a nice place, um, and it was fun to go to, but never got the details of why. And when we experienced it, we just said, "Yeah, this is something that we can really, really enjoy." It's it's very laid back, very like as Tom mentioned. It's a great way to just detach. Um, I, I think if somebody isn't a Floridian and going there, I could definitely see either. You could link that with a with a um, cruise, you know, and it's not that far from the the cruise terminal. Um, but I really think this is probably the better way to go and associate it with a trip to Walt Disney World. So maybe start there, just totally get your relaxation on and then head over. See, to the I would parks. go the other way. I would go to the parks first and get the hectic <laughs> park time out and then just relax at the end and get a few yeah, days to kind of just decompress. You would definitely go home more relaxed than, yeah. than you arrived. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, especially if you're a DVC member, but anybody, if you're, if you know, if you what kind of the one thing you're missing from your Disney vacation is kind of that beach time, mm-hmm. um, then you may want to think about tacking this on for yeah. a couple of days. I don't think you need more than two, three days there, you know, two or three nights mm-hmm. to stay there. Um, but it, it, it is, it is a really nice resort and there are lots of fun things. The kids won't get bored. Right. There's plenty of stuff for them to do, uh, plenty of stuff to keep them entertained and you, you can still get that nice relaxing time. So I would, I would, tell you you might want to think about looking at it at least as a possibility to add one of your future disney vacations yeah and when we say it's laid back it's not like it's boring laid back no there's like i said listen to all the activities i listed yeah there there were and you didn't even list all of them i mean there are things throughout that the community house is also offering ping pong there's shuffleboard there's all sorts of stuff all kinds of things and every day they're offering different activities as well um though you know like i said more so than what you would see at the other Walt Disney World resorts. Um, right, because they know that's all about the parks. Yeah. You know, not that they right. don't have stuff to do, not that people don't stay right. home, stay at the resort and don't go to the parks, but they know that that's what the yeah. focus is. If you like cruising and don't feel like you have to get off at every port and do excursions, but just want to enjoy um, like a, you know, multiple days at Castaway Key, for example, or something like that, that's what you kind of can can do here. Yeah, um, we've kind of decided that it's going to be like because we're we've never been big three night four night cruisers. Right. You know, it's not kind of that thing that we do a lot of. We like the longer cruises. Mm-hmm. This would replace a three night yeah. cruise for us for sure. You know, and something that's be, be enjoyable. Um, and you know, I mean, obviously you don't get the food included. You have to do have to pay separately for food unless you bring your own, which like yeah. and they have a kitchenette or a kitchen right. depending on when you're staying. Um, that will add into it, but. Um, I don't know. We really enjoyed it. We highly recommend it. Yeah. We're looking forward to going back multiple times right, in right. the future because and, it was it was really really fun. Right. And one of the things too was we realized that this would be a great location for our son Scott right. to enjoy as well. That you know it it isn't the sensory overload all the time that you get in the parks and things like that. So. Right. Yeah, I think exactly. you could enjoy it. Yeah, agreed. So uh, we are looking forward to going back. We have a we have a visit coming up here in about a month right. back there again, already booked, and then one later in the year. 
Um, but again, we will be doing this multiple times. If you have any questions about this resort, if you're wondering about it, is it right for me? Feel free to hit us up. Hit us up at the Gmail account, social media. Uh, we would be happy to answer any questions from our visit out there for sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so we've gone long. So let's go ahead and quickly get to our Disney stories of the week. And I'm going to start. There's a new Walt Disney World ticket offer that you may be interested in if you're planning on visiting the most magical place on Earth this summer. Yeah. This from the Disney Parks blog. They said, this summer you won't want to miss our special new seasonal ticket offers which will help make your next Walt Disney World vacation extra magical. So here's what they have. The first is a four-park magic ticket. That is beginning on May 23rd, so coming up here very quickly. This week, you'll be able to purchase this four-day, four-park magic ticket for $99 per day plus tax. So that's $396 total plus tax. Right. Uh, which includes one day of admission to each of the four theme parks for a total of four missions on four separate days. No theme park reservations are needed. So you can just pick and choose which park you want to go to on those days. Now know this about this ticket. It is a great price for those tickets, but also know this going in that you're not going to be able to park hop one, but you can't even, if I'm reading the instructions on this correctly, (laughs) that once you enter the park, if you leave, you can't go back into the park. So know that going in or at least ask ahead of time right. yeah. um, before you book it to be sure that, that you, you have that down. Uh, all the information's on DisneyWorld.com slash 4ParkMagic if you want to look it up. Yeah. And um, you don't have to use them like four consecutive right. days. You can use them any four days during that time period of May through September. Yeah, all the way through September. And, and one of the things I also read on there, and again... Don't hold me to this if I'm incorrect on this. It looks like it said if for some reason you don't use up all your tickets, your, your tickets for that time, that you can put unused tickets towards the purchase of another ticket at another point. So yeah, that's a value cool. as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, there is a Florida resident Disney yeah, Summer crazy. Magic ticket. That is already on sale. Uh, If you're a Florida resident, you can purchase this ticket, uh, which offers, uh, they say, value and flexibility for your next adventure to Walt Disney World. You can choose a four-day ticket for $58 per day plus tax if you're a Florida resident. $58 $58 for a four-day ticket. That's $229 total plus tax. Or a three-day ticket for $70 per day plus tax. $209, of course, plus tax. you will need to make park reservations with these tickets. So know that going in, um, but you can also add on to those tickets. Unlike the four day magic ticket, mm-hmm. the summer magic ticket, you can add things on. You can add a park hopper option for $40 more per ticket plus tax. Uh, so you can visit multiple theme parks. You can add a water park and sports option for $35 more uh, per ticket. Uh, so you'll be able to visit a theme park on a day. Plus you'll be able to go either uh, do a water park or right. play golf or whatever uh, during your trip. And there's also the park hopper plus option for $55 more per ticket plus tax, which um, gives you both the park hopper plus these sports and, and water park cool. options. Um, incredible so, price. Um, definitely check out all the details on those tickets. Uh, Disneyworld.com slash summer magic for those uh, to find out more about them and yeah. all the interesting stuff that's involved with them. Yeah, it's, uh, I couldn't believe when I, even for Florida residents, I was just blown away by seeing $58 a day. That's 
really impressive. But, yeah. You know, the other ones are also great. Yeah. You know, both prices right. are, are great prices. And if you have a, a trip plan, something you'll, you'll definitely right. want to look into for yeah. sure. Uh, moving on. We now know when you can have your first chance to visit Arendelle. <laughs> Boy, am I excited. Although I don't think this is where we'll be in, uh, first visiting Arendelle, but it's exciting to know it's coming just the same. This came from a Disney Park social media post. They said, tell the guards to open up the gate. <laughs> Hashtag World of Frozen at Hong Kong Disneyland opens in November of 2023. Incredible. So coming up quickly. Yeah. For the first time in forever. <laughs> Guests will be invited from near and far to take part in a summer snow day at the Kingdom of Arendelle. It will be home to multiple attractions, including the first Frozen-themed coaster, Wandering Oaken's Sliding Sleighs. We saw a little video of Imagineers getting right. to go around it uh, yeah. not that long ago. It looks fun. Uh, the Frozen Ever After boat ride and a character experience at the Playhouse in the Woods, plus restaurant, merchandise outlets, and many, many more things to do yeah. while you're visiting Arendelle. Wow, pretty cool. Yes. I'm excited for the Disneyland Paris one, which yeah. will hopefully be opening not too far out from now as well because i think that's the one we might be visiting in 2025 right right yeah so that's exciting so that's it for the disney stories well, there was of the one week. Other... oh we have one more story and you know michelle story <laughs> the best stories i don't know about that but um we had put this out on social media and we uh did a blog post also on disneyland forward which is disneyland's uh, um working within the community to um get some of the regulations revised uh, so how they utilize the space that they have can can continue to grow and they started having some community meetings that the public could come to um if you can go to our blog post and we have the dates and locations for each of those um but also you can find out what's what are some of the things that they are considering and thinking about you know and they you know what they're they're striving to do is be able to update the parks to have newer things that generations who are going to see movies now and, and know and love those characters can under, can appreciate. And one of those things that they're talking about is an area like Frozen right. or Zootopia. You know, they just, in order, in the space that they have now and, and with what is authorized for use, what they're saying is they would have to remove something and replace it with one of these. What they want to do is is get reallocation of their current property to be able to build some new things yeah. there. Yeah, Disneyland has limited space. It's not like Walt Disney World where right. they, they, they just have a ton of space that if they want to add more, they can. They right. have that ability. Disneyland, they've only got so much property that they own and so much space that they can use, and they do have to get through some regulations to get that done. So they're trying right. to put this out to the community to let them know, uh, you know what the value is of them of doing this. Right. From how I'm understanding it, they're not trying to get additional land because there no, really isn't they available. They already have some land. But what they're... Use. Uh, what the current regulations of what, you know, like if something is designated as a parking lot, that's all they can use it as right now instead of being able to maybe put something else right. there. So those are the things that they're trying to work um, with the city of Anaheim, with the community. And that's why they're having um, open to the public so that residents can come in and understand what they're trying to uh, propose and get approved by the city. Exactly. So, as I said, Michelle's story is always the best. <laughs> Speaking of the best for Michelle, 
We know she has the best tips. Let's get to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Oh, you're too sweet, honey. Well, my tip has to do is if you're um, planning to go to a Disney park, and this is this is information that would apply equally the same way to both uh, Walt Disney World as well as Disneyland in California, and that's uh, regarding strollers. Well, first of all, wagons are not allowed. Even the kind that you know you can collapse and open, those are not allowed. Um, but let's say you're bringing a stroller and you're just not sure if it's going to, you know, be allowed in. And the last thing you want to do is get to the park and then be told, hey, you need to go put that back in your car or whatever. Um, so the easiest way you could do this is actually make a little grid on your floor, maybe using masking tape, um, 31 inches by 52 inches. And you can find those dimensions uh, at the Disney World or, or Disneyland website if you're just looking up stroller uh, requirements. But anyways, put put that um, you know rectangle on the floor with some tape or string and then put your stroller on it. And if it fits within that, you're good to go because that is exactly how security will do it at the parks. If they have, if they see a stroller and they're not sure if it's within those dimensions, they have the same kind of uh, grid on the ground and they will have you pull the stroller up to it. So That's just important. a way to prevent having that unexpected. Oh my God. Now I got to go. I can't get into the park right now away. I got to carry the kid. I got to carry the kid or trip. go try to find, you know, get a rental or, you know, and is there going to be one available, right. et cetera. So very anyways, good. Just Ms. to save you some headache. Michelle's tip. Always the best <laughs> tip as always. <laughs> uh, my tip for this week, really, really quickly. Now there is a big story. Well, there's a couple big stories, but there's one big story out there that we didn't touch on because we're the Disney show of positivity. And we're not going to talk about something that's kind of been taken away that many people have loved mm-hmm. from the park. But I will, I do want to say this about it as my tip is that look, if there's something out there that you're thinking about doing that you're considering that you think is of value to you. Don't worry about what anybody else says. Take advantage of it. Go do it because you never know when it might go away. You know, I mean, your, your opportunity might go away. You never know what life is short. Go take advantage of some of these things and go do some of these things. Because um, like I said, it, it's, it's, it's just good for you. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's you. unlikely things, but sometimes, but as things Walt said, away. but as Walt said, you know, Disneyland will never be complete, you know, and that philosophy has been brought forth throughout, you know, the whole company. And so as things, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's they become less popular or technology improves to where something else might be really better, um, then there might be a need to take yeah. something away. Yeah. I'm not saying go into debt or, any, yeah. or at least not significant <laughs> debt, but you know, take those risks every once in a while and go do some stuff for sure. Very so. good. That's it. Uh, next week, well, as I we already mentioned earlier on the show, we are heading to Walt Disney World for a nice little, it's a mini vacation, not to Walt Disney World, but it's good because we have not spent more than like a night or two in a while out there. Right. So we're looking forward to getting out there for somewhat more lengthy stay. We're not going to be there for a week, but we are going to be there for a few days. And we're going to be trying some things that we've never done before, including like DVC Moonlight Magic at Typhoon Lagoon. Yeah. And a couple other possibilities. Oh, we're going to do something we haven't done in a long time, which is the Keys of the Kingdom tour. Right, exactly. Which will be a lot of fun. So we're going to, you know, tell you all about what our experience was like uh, during this Walt Disney World vacation. Yeah, we're planning to even do Animal Kingdom 
Because we love Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. And we're going to be staying at Copper Creek, which we have not That's stayed true. in the, the in that resort. Um, we stayed uh, in the cabin. In the cabins, but not in the re- resort. So we're actually staying in a deluxe studio there. So we'll be able to talk about that and share our, our experiences. There. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. So yeah. we'll, we will share all about that next week. As for this week's show, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. So the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, we're at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. And we can never have enough friends involved in our podcast. So we do invite you to also tell friends and family, whether it's to, to subscribe to the podcast, to listen to the podcast, to become uh, part of our Facebook group, or maybe look to buy some of our swag that you can get uh, going to our link tree at our site and you can check out that. Um, and for the ultimate uh, showing of your love and support would be to do a five-star review for the, for the podcast for or sure. become a Patreon. Yep. And if you do a five-star review, we will read it on the show. Exactly. Yep. So that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.